This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 106. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, created by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, let's get started with another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. And Jonathan and I thought it'd be a little fun to, to reminisce with the veterinary students going back to school here a week or two ago to reminisce on our first year in veterinary school. That is correct. So if we think back, we're not that old that we can't remember back to our first year of vet school, but it's getting more muddy by the year. I would say speak for yourself because I was sitting here trying to think and the years have really blended together. And I was like, was that first year or second year or third year? You know, when did that happen? That's it. Well, if you look at it and the kind of the, 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 the process of coming up with this podcast topic was that I was at the UCVM, which is the University of Calgary Veterinary Medicine's white coat ceremony on Monday night. And we were there as council member with the ABVMA and the CVMA who jointly puts it on. And I'm looking at all these students going through and going, wow, they're half my age, not quite, but pretty close in some instances. And everybody is so excited, energetic. And as opposed to our white coat ceremonies, which we're going to talk a little bit more, this was a much more formal setup. Interesting. I have not been to a white coat in since mine i think and then seeing all the posts online on instagram mostly it is pretty fun because it's just such a like you said happy and energetic time i'm seeing all the photos of the wcvm white coat um in front you know the classic like either at the long tall ramp going in or in front of the in front of the signage so definitely an exciting time and congratulations all the first year students exciting yes. times ahead what a difference. So for these students, and this is exciting for both people that have been in vet med for a while and first year students is this is a big deal. There was formal dresses, there was parents, grandparents, flowers, you name it at this event, it was there and it was really well put together. And you just again, see that bubbly enthusiasm and day one. So they had the white coat ceremony on day one. I don't recall whether we did it on day one or not. But I know for a fact, my parents weren't invited. It was a pretty short ceremony. My wife actually remembers it better than me. I actually don't remember the ceremony. I remember putting on the white coat, having the picture in front, and then we went and had a party. That's what yeah. I remember. I, I'm just thinking on the fly here. Um, I A few years, unfortunately, missed out on their white coat with everything being shut down. So I don't know in Calgary, was this a joint one? Did they do a white coat for multiple years or this was only incoming class? No, I was part of the one last year as well too. Uh, and the last last year's version was all online. So unfortunately for those students, they literally, they received their white coats 
and they had a virtual session where everybody was one by one shown on the screen. Nothing near what the excitement and enthusiasm was from earlier this week. Yeah. And it's funny, just you and I were chatting here and we talked about this all the time, the relationships that form in veterinary medicine and and going to school with that same cohort for four years, you know, going through all the same classes and exams and experiences, it just being in person, you can't replicate that. And for, for the incoming year, like get excited because this is the start of you beginning to build lifelong relationships. Absolutely. I, they, they put all of us council members at different tables and at my table, I had a, a boyfriend, girlfriend that uh, she had gone to school in Vancouver and then coming back to as a resident of Alberta. And then another one that was from a farming community in uh, North Central Alberta. And speaking about the competitions over, taking the time to recognize that you've made it, you're in the school's job, the government's job, your job is to make it through the next four years. And you do that with your partners in crime, which is your colleagues, whether it's first, second, third or fourth. That's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it actually sustainable. If you think of the challenges that are the next four years and you could just see them kind of looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an old guy telling us what to do. (laughs) I'm going, this is the real, this is, this is what makes it worthwhile is the work hard, play hard in my one person's opinion. And I was thinking about that in pre-setup for our call today is going, wow, imagine it didn't happen that way. Imagine we didn't know the colleagues as well as we do or have had those um, awesome experiences, both good and bad, first year, second, third, and fourth, where would we be today? And I'd say it would be a a lot less of an enjoyable life without it. And and, um, I still chat with colleagues on a day-to-day basis. We got a phone call from a good buddy yesterday chatting on business things and struggles that we all have. And um, God, thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of the best friendships, obviously, I mean, here you and I are not even from the same year, but you know, however, two decades later or whatever it is. Plug well, it away. That's exactly it. Right. If you think about it, we weren't even in the same class. So that just shows. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I guess, dive in any, any stories that jump out at you from your first year in veterinary medicine or the white coat ceremony or that first first couple of weeks in i think it was my remembrance is that it was a pretty big rush that first couple of weeks in vet school taking it all in both from an academic standpoint acknowledging that wow there is a lot of material coming at us very quickly and material that specifically you know, we're chatting pre-recording histo, biochem, uh, and then I'll let you go into the anatomy story, but there's a lot coming at you. And I remember one of the stories is being in the histo lab where you have the microscopes in front of you and you're looking at different cell types and, and you're just getting into it. And I remember the first few weeks and people, you know, raising their hands and talking about, oh, this is a Heinz body or, oh, this is a, a nucleated immature white blood cell count. And I'm looking at the microscope going, I have no clue what they are talking about. I see cells in front of me. What did I miss in my reading or pre-reading or what reading did I not do that this is still coming through a blur? And I do remember it taking a while before I got a sense of calm and recognizing, okay, I'm going to make this through first year. This is a lot of material. Just get at it and go at it. And it's all right if I don't know it day one. Yeah. Well, you were miles ahead of me. I I think... I'm trying to remember, I think it took me three weeks to be able to look 
properly through a microscope, like without seeing a giant black circle on one half or closing one eye and, or not like straining your eyes. So, so hard that you're exhausted in like two minutes. So yeah, it took me like three weeks just to see something, even though I didn't know what it was, but I mean, I would agree for some, like for that. students, you know, um, take, take the first few weeks in, they do feel overwhelming for, for me, the stories that jumped out. I remember first day, like day one, in into the anatomy lab they're like grab a partner grab a cadaver dog put it on a table and get going and i was like what like thinking like oh this is orientation we're just going to kind of walk around and they're like no like this is where you got to get to today like get that dog like you know take take the first layer of skin off and start looking at stuff and i was like what is going on here like just right into it so i think chris beaterbeck he was my anatomy cadaver dog partner and then I mean, that person, I don't know if things have changed how they do the cadavers now, but you spend a lot of time with that person hunched over a cadaver. For months and months of trying to keep that animal intact and not smelling too badly. And I think it's similar, except for we just did a tour of UCBM and, and their models, one, are so much better than what we had. Two, there's a lot of models compared to us. We just had, you know, a few plastic plasticine setups at that time. They have full functioning models with blood running through them and all the rest of it, of which, you know, we didn't have at that time. I think secondly, on that first, on that first time with the anatomy is you don't recognize how much time you're going to be spending with those individuals. Like it's hours and hours and hours. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, properly. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a a tension in here, Jonathan, just, just because that's, I'm in control of this episode. So I get to do that. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I'm helping harvest on the combine and I am, I've been binging Alex Hormozy, um, who is, uh, I guess a social media influencer dynamite. If I highly recommend anyone follow him. One of the things I recently heard him say is the frame of the 85 year old. And so he he's a he's a male, so he calls it the frame of the 85-year-old grandfather, could be grandmother, could be anyone. And what he talks about is every day picturing yourself at 85 years old, looking back on a photograph of that day. So for current vet students, imagine yourself at 85 holding a photo. There, I'm dating myself because who prints photos anymore? It's all digital, but looking at a photo of yourself and your classmates at that white coat ceremony. Right. And feeling that gratitude that you're going to look back and be like, wow, I remember how excited I was in veterinary school. That was a great time. And so that frame, I mean, when he when I heard that, I was like, wow, what a way to look at everything. I'm going to take that a next step and say there's an app where you can actually do it in 2022. And it's called the One Second Everyday app. And I'm actually going to download it because it was in another podcast episode where instead of printing it out old school, you take one second frame, reel, video, et cetera, and then it will record it for you over time. And wouldn't that be something? And the individual that was speaking on this podcast, actually, it was not a positive one in terms of the one second frame that was his most impactful emotional. It was just looking at a frame of bricks on a wall and all the emotion that was behind that due to the fact that a close family member had just been um, diagnosed with an inoperable cancer and all the emotion that came up with that. But then the flip side of that was all of the family coming to get, go through it. And he said that of all the one, you know, thousands and thousands of one second frames. So for us in vet school, 
those one seconds, they sure add up quickly. And darn it, if you can make it through activities and stories and times and colleagues and friends, they're good. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into some non-academic, off the books, fun stories. You know, the 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 real relationship building in veterinary school. Cause I, I would say that's where where I really bonded with people is where you get outside the classroom doing whatever you're up to. So and anything that jumped out for you? Well, in first year, again, everything's coming at you. And I think there is still the connection where there's first, fourth year buddies in a lot of schools or first and third year, whichever way it sets up for. Uh, for me, that was a, an intro into what it looked like. Maybe was it first, third year or first, fourth year? I can't even remember. I feel like it was first, fourth year, but who knows? Yeah. Either way, I remember that being a good connection point. Just if I had questions, et cetera, I'd go to my third or fourth year buddy. And it's bad that I don't even remember. Uh, I could get things figured out. But otherwise, it was all of us in a group going, uh, where do we go? What does this look like? And the in-between classes, going for coffees. And then afterwards, you know, in that first couple of months, just getting to know each other. And again, I think we had a different setup in Saskatoon, where we all lived pretty close within, you know, 15 minutes of each other. And it's such a student town that we ended up spending a lot of time together. And speaking with the UCBM uh, students this week, they're in Calgary, they're in a city that's million and a half people, and they're separated by 30 to 45 minutes, based on the certain situations for renting properties these days. And I think that affords a different student experience compared to us because we spent a lot of time at each other's homes, uh, in each other's condos, uh, sitting around partying, studying, just, you know, shooting the breeze on what was going on the day to day. I think that was really important for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction with, uh, the, the bonding experience for me unquestionably the the thing that highlighted my first year was the pranks um we <laughs> we we had a group of people in our class that was not not afraid to kind of push the envelope in terms of what was acceptable for pranks inside uh, the the veterinary school so i the the ones that jump out and i i'm i think these are first year it might have blended with second year there was always a little bit of a rivalry first fourth year so the first and second year shared a locker room third and fourth year share a locker room and I remember prank number one that we pulled to kind of say, hey, we're here, uh, was I, I, we had this idea that we were going to fill the, their whole locker room with popcorn, like literally fill it, like to the roof. And I remember I, I bought all these popcorn machines and was popping popcorn all over my house. And I, I did a little bit of math on it. And I was like, oh my, like this is going to take us months and it's going to cost a lot of money. And I remember I even drove to movie theaters being like, hey, can we get your spare popcorn? That, that was a no-go. So Victor in our class kind of saved the day and we pivoted from a prank popcorn sale to a prank Baylor twine sale. So Victor lived a few hours away and he literally showed up with their farm like tandem truck full of used Baylor twine because he, he grew up on a, on a ranch. And so they, you know, when you cut a bale, they would spool the twine up and throw it in this, this shed or this pile. And so he loaded all that up, brought it in, and I remember under, under the cloak of darkness, we had it all planned. And I don't know how many of us showed up, but we literally filled their locker room, like to the roof. And those are tall ceilings with Baylor twine. And then 
we built these like shoot systems where when they open the door, they'd get covered in like popcorn and all this sort of stuff. Um, so that kicked it off. And then uh, I, I think Did we you guys get in trouble for that one yet. Or was that one pretty G rated? This one was acceptable. I think we put up flyers too, like Baylor twine sale, like made it like a fundraiser for the fourth years and put, put up flyers around the school. And they were good, good sports on that. Um, I don't know where that Baylor, like, where did they put all that Baylor twine? I don't know. But you would see little spools of Baylor twine all over the campus, like, for the next while as they were trying to clean it up. Um, so that kind of kicked things off. And then uh, we escalated again, and we turned their locker room, this is this is probably a few months later, into a swamp. So we, we kind of barricaded the doors. Um, and then there was tiles that go, like, whatever, six or so inches up the wall. So we're not wrecking anything, but we filled it with, with water to that point. I, someone I remember went and cut down like cocktails, like legit. We had frogs in there. Like we literally <laughs> turned it into a swamp. That one got us in a little bit of trouble. Um, that was maybe just a, a little bit too far, but I remember, um, I think it was maybe the associate Dean coming down pretty hot, pretty red. And, uh, we were all in 2302 for our first class. And then all of a sudden it was like, basically like you guys better get that cleaned up immediately. And we were all sitting there being like, well, how do you know it was us? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the little walk up the stairs to get over there. Yeah. So (laughs) do it. That one backfired because I think we ended up cleaning it up. And then uh, my favorite or sorry, go ahead. Well, and then there was obviously we expected some retaliation at at various points. And uh, I had a little bit of a bullseye on my back and I had prepped all my roommates and I was like, the doors are locked. No one like like and we had a lot of people living in our house. So it was not uncommon. Like people are coming and going and it's like you may or may not know them, but they're buddies with someone. And I had prepped people like you don't let anyone in like they're coming for me. I know they're coming for me. Like (laughs) these doors stay locked. And I was showering one morning down in the basement. And I hear a knock on the door. And I could just tell just by like how aggressive the knock was. And, there, and I, I was like, oh, no. And like, sure enough, it was a group of them. And I mean, they're very friendly. Like, let's, it's not like I'm getting a bag over my head and hauled out. And, and they luckily, they let me put some clothes on, hauled me out to the vehicle. Um, they bound my hands. I think, I what is it, zip tied my hands together, but not my feet. And then like jumped in the truck. And it was all like, we're laughing. Yeah, good. It's and this like, is what eight o'clock in the morning on a oh, school yeah, day. Like, or what was yeah, it? Because I would it would be like I don't remember the day of the week. It was just a weekday before school, so probably like seven ish or so. Um, but I was the first stop, and so then they were then they were off to pick up another classmate, Josh Lindenbach. Um, and so I'm just riding around for this adventure, and they they go to his house because they know where he lives. But they all leave the vehicle, and I was sitting there being like, they're not actually going to leave me alone. And it crossed my mind. I was like, I'm stealing their vehicle. But I was like, my hands are tied together. I was like, that's that's not safe. But they left the keys in. And I remember they walked to the door and then I could see like, I'm just waiting till they're out of sight. And one of them looks back and I was like, shit, like they've clued in that it's not a good idea to leave me in the vehicle. And he comes running back and he takes the keys out of the ignition. And he's like, better not leave you with these. And I was like, oh, no, better not. Like, and then he leaves again. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I was like, here's my chance. And so I jump out of the vehicle as soon as they're out of sight. And I am like gone because they, did, they didn't they uh, did zip tie my feet. And so I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Superbad. Like when that that dude gets out of the back of the cop yep. car, he is just yep. a lightning bolt. Like 
Yep. So I'm running and like, I'm only in like sweatpants and stuff. Cause like they pulled me from the shower. They're like, throw these clothes on. Like it's not, I'm not like dressed up or whatever. And I just running down back alleys and they, once they notice I'm gone, I can see them in their red truck. Like they're looking for me. Cause they're like, I couldn't have gotten far. I'm zip tied. And so I, I remember knocking on someone's house, very bizarre. And like, he's like, what's going on here with opens it with like one of those, you know, the chain. So yeah, it like, yeah. can open so far. And I was like, I'm zip tied. I was like, you got to cut me free. And he was like, and then I could realize I was like, this sounds horrible. And I was like, I'm a university student. Like, this is just part of a prank. Like, it's all good. And he's like, oh, okay. And he opens the door right away. He's like, I remember those days. And like <laughs> jumped into his house. I was like, he cuts me free. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in vet school. This is just sort of, you know, first year, fourth year stuff. But he was like laughing. He's like, oh, yeah. Call my roommate. He comes and picks me up. So get ready for, for class. And I head back to, to, to vet college. And I was like, well, I'm not going in like any of the front doors because like they'll be there. They'll be like, I'm going to get grabbed. So I go in all these back doors. And I remember like going through by offices, like administrator offices. And they're like, can we help you? Like, and I, and I, cause I'm like sneaking around corners and like, I look really guilty. And I was like, oh, I'm in first year, but, but there's like, they're trying to kidnap me and they start laughing. They're like, is that going on again? And I was like, yeah. And so get to, to 2302. Cause that's where we always start our day. And uh, poor Josh Lindenbach uh, didn't, didn't fare as well as me. So he was, he was taped down to a chair at the bottom. Um, and that, that lecture theater is set up on the bottom. Like, I don't know if they can bring animals in, but like you can hose it down. So he's soaked. it was basically like a tar and feathering type situation. Um, but I escaped, I did not get tarred and feathered and that was near the end of first year. And I, so I remember I was on like high alert. Like I was like, you guys will never catch me. Like I am, I'm covering my tracks. I'm not taking the same way to school. Like, so that was one of my favorite memories of first year by far. You can't beat that. That's such a good story, Mike. And my only hope is that the pendulum hasn't swung so far the other way now that students can't have experiences like that because that was G-rated-ish. Um, there's always that sense of you have to be careful, no doubt about it. And things have changed and times have changed. But the fun experiences that we had in year one set us up, I think, for success not only for the rest of vet school, but then for life in terms of with colleagues and relationships and those types of experiences. Those are the things you remember for the rest of your life. No offense oh, to the anatomy labs, but you're, you're going to forget three quarters of that. And you don't forget ever the pranks and the fun and the social that goes with. Oh man. And I honestly, for, for our like class of 2008, like that's just first year going into like second, third, fourth year, our class really bonded around skits so i don't know if you remember yep. skits every were huge every you had year some great well i mean great I, people i played a minor role but like there was some people in our class uh aaron hughes jumps out that just took the lead and like i mean he was so far ahead of his time in terms of like video production his skits were legendary like you know and our class really bonded around them i remember i think we did like michael jackson thriller thriller like, yeah i remember that with nathan bernadette like so good you guys were on yeah like full like and that's like almost the entire class participating like we're talking a cast of like 50 to 70 people yeah. you know in full costume like you won't that's that we, is where relationship same thing with monster mash with a couple of i was again i was a side party to it one of the most but that brought people together and you we, we practiced those for weeks i yeah man i remember i don't know what year we're on now but it my basement turned into a 
practice facility for our little like 2008 band. I wasn't part of the band, but I had a basement and I, there was five or six guys, you know, drums, guitar, whatever, practicing. And then they would play live at uh, Kevin. Wasn't Kevin? He could play pretty well, if I remember correctly, in your year. Yeah, yeah. there was like Kevin Alistair, Josh Lawrence. Um, I think maybe Rob Lawrence. I don't, I don't remember everyone who was in those bands. And I was like, that's the stuff. Like, that's where the relationships get formed. That is the stuff. So for all those that have no idea who we're talking about in terms of people, doesn't matter because you're going to form your own groups. Yeah. Take advantage of that. Spend the time. Who cares if you're up till 2, 3 a.m.? Doesn't matter. I would also even even maybe push it a little further with a, with a challenge. And if that stuff is not happening, and I mean, make it your own. You don't got to you don't got to go try fill a locker room full of popcorn just because I thought that was a funny idea. Come up with whatever you want. Doesn't have to be a prank. It can be anything you want, but be the leader on it. Like um, I, I hear people talk about intentionally creating magical moments, right? Because you don't you don't know when they're going to happen, but you can put yourself in a situation where they're more likely to happen. And people want to be a part of it. There are, and I saw that in the UCVM grad. You're going to have those extroverts. You're going to have those introverts. I remember this so much that the introverts. And, and, and sometimes have some social awkwardness or they're just not comfortable taking that first step. But if you wrap them in and bring them with you in whatever prank or fun scenario that's there, you have literally just created a friend for life and they want to be a part of it. So like, just like you said, be the leader on it, feel a little uncomfortable for 30 seconds a minute. Who cares? Because the fun, the joy, the relationships that come as a result of it way outlast that uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. So I'm, I'm excited now. Like my energy on this podcast has from, from start to finish here has totally changed. Cause I'm now I'm just sitting here laughing about everything we got up to. And I'm like, man, I got to call some of these people and like catch up. Well, I'm thinking about it as you're telling those stories. And I remember us taking four wheels off somebody's vehicle and all of a sudden he couldn't drive and it was the middle of winter. And I'm going, that was a dumb thing to do, but we did it anyway. I don't remember who it was for. I remember the water fight pranks that aren't even allowed anymore. And that was multi-year and, and tackling and, and getting the girls involved and spraying everything that was brand new. And we got shit for that. Uh, I, there was just there's so much. I remember the 5K runs that we'd set up for, I don't know, some type of fundraiser or another and getting everybody involved and jazzed up for that. And again, just bringing people together. Yeah. yeah. Every year in the in the buff, remember, again, first years, it was the, what could you eat? I, I don't even remember. Like it was a, a fundraiser for something and there was the gross, disgusting, different types of food. And then we were at the auction as well, too. Yeah. Get auctioned away for a certain amount of money, and then you have to go on dates with <laughs> yeah different people. I oh. remember um, our first guest, Kent, waxing his chest. Uh, that was a fundraiser, a charity fundraiser of some sort. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. I remember a bunch of us shaving our heads for something or another, and just making goofs out of ourselves. Yeah, good times. So for those that are in first year, for those hopefully that are a little bit, you know, more. Uh, more aged now hopefully we brought you some smiles this morning and vet school is a great time you work hard look at we haven't even talked about academics at all we made it through that's that's the school's job the government's job you're smart enough to have gotten in now it's time to enjoy it you have to work hard without a doubt it's not easy but all the other things make it worthwhile 
Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group. General feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.